Hey there, MLB Morning Coffee listeners. Love the show? Well, now we are open to advertising opportunities. Get your name and your brand on our show daily. Email greg.maraz, that's G-R-E-G dot M-R-O-Z at yahoo.com to learn how you can be a part of this program. Advertising opportunities now available here on MLB Morning Coffee. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Ah, yes. Welcome to another edition of MLB Morning Coffee from the Ocean Avenue Studios here on a Sunday morning. I got to tell you, my original plan for this episode was to have it be a recap of both Game 3 and Game 4 with full audio highlights. We're mostly going to talk about Game 4. Because Game 4 was one of the wildest baseball games that I've ever seen, and it ended in a way that, well, if you're listening to this and you didn't watch the game, I don't know what to tell you other than to go on Twitter, go on MLB.com, go to whatever website you can, and find the final play of the game. Because it was wild. It was literally a comedy of errors brought to life in a baseball game. I don't know how to describe it, and when we play the highlight for you, I will fully describe what happened in that ball game. First off, let's talk about Game 3 just really quickly. Dodgers beat the Rays 6-2 to two to take a six-game, or rather, two games to one lead in the series. Walker Bueller got the win. He went six innings of one-run baseball. He only allowed one run on three hits, one walk, and ten strikeouts. Bueller, by the way, is the first pitcher in World Series history to have a ten-strikeout game in six innings or less, at least in terms of when he achieved that tenth strikeout. I'll double-check that stat with the great Sarah Langs, who I'm sure has it on there, and I'm sure was very busy last night. A recap of how the run scored in Game 3. Top of the first inning, Justin Turner hit a home run, his first of the series. Top third, Max Muncy with a two-RBI single and make it three to nothing. Austin Barnes in the top of the fourth. Austin Barnes put down a suicide squeeze that made it four to one. Then Mookie Betts with a single that made it five nothing. Sorry, it was four nothing, then five nothing. Bottom five, Willie Adams with an RBI double. And top six, Austin Barnes with a home run against the Tampa Bay bullpen, and Randy Rosarena hit a homer in the bottom of the ninth, so a 6-2 ball game. Looking back at the box score, Dodgers had 10 hits. Rays had just four in the ball game. Mookie Betts a 2-for-5 performance. Justin Turner 2-for-3 with an RBI and two runs scored. Max Muncy 2-for-4 with two RBI. Austin Barnes 1-for-3 with two RBI and a run scored. For Tampa, nobody had multiple hits. So now... I do want to get on to Game 4, because Game 4 was just absolutely bonkers, and this is where we're going to start playing our highlights for you. couple of stats from Game 3. At that point, the Dodgers had scored 57.4% of their runs with two outs this postseason, which would be the fourth highest rate in a single postseason behind only the 92 Braves, the 08 Red Sox, and the 2010 Giants, who all had ranges of 57.6% to 59.3%. The Dodgers have hit multiple home runs in six straight games. That was of game three, which is the longest streak in a single postseason and tied for the longest streak 
spanning multiple postseasons, tying them with the 2019-2020 New York Yankees. Randy Rosarena in that game broke the most hits by a rookie in a single postseason. We'll talk about that a little bit more in terms of what a Rosarena did. A Rosarena also tied Nelson Cruz, Carlos Beltran, and Barry Bonds for most home runs in a single postseason. And Walker Buehler's 10-strikeout game is the first 10K game in the World Series since Clayton Kershaw had an 11-strikeout game in Game 1 of the 2017 World Series. The only other since 2010, Adam Wainwright in 2013 and Tim Lincecum in 2010. Walker Buehler, by the way, is also the seventh pitcher in Dodgers history with a 10-strikeout World Series game. The others include Don Drysdale, Carl Erickson, Clayton Kershaw, Sal Magley, Don Newcomb, and Sandy Koufax, who did it three different times. So I think we have fulfilled our stat quota for Game 3. I now want to move on to Game 4, because Game 4 was just the wildest of wild. It's hard to describe how truly back and forth this ball game was. So we're going to start top of the first. Justin Turner had homered in the top of the first in Game 4. He did it again in Game 5, this time off of Rays starter Ryan Yarbrough. Next, and a high fly ball into center. Back at the track, at the wall, did it again. Back-to-back nights. So one nothing Dodgers. You think the Dodgers are already off to a hot start. Julio Urias comes out. He looks good. Top third, the red-hot Corey Seager at the plate. He squares up with Ryan Yarbrough. Seager hits one in the air to right. This ball is crushed and gone. Corey Seager as he circles the bases with his eighth home run of this postseason. So 2-0 Dodgers at that point, and they look like they are going to be well in command. And then we get to what I think is a wild stretch of back-and-forth baseball. Bottom four, here's Randy Rosarena. Some cowboy boots in Mexico, and... Here is a shot into right center field. This ball is back at the wall, and he's got another. And the all-time record for home runs in a single postseason with number nine. More importantly for the Rays, it's a two-to-one game. Randy Rosarena's ninth homer of the postseason gets the Rays on the board and sets the new all-time postseason record for most homers in a single postseason. So congrats to Randy Rosarena on that. So this began a stretch of eight straight half innings with at least a run scored for each team. So from the bottom of the fourth to the top of the eighth, the Dodgers and the Rays each scored at least one run in each half inning. Absolute insanity. So in the top of the fifth inning, Max Muncy gets the Dodgers a run back thanks to an RBI single. Then bottom five, Hunter Renfro steps to the plate against Julio Urias. Here is the 3-2, and a high fly ball into left. This ball is up and way out of here. It's a 3-2 game as Hunter Renfro gets his first of the World Series. Renfro's homer cuts the game to a one-run ball game, and this is Dave Roberts' fatal flaw as a manager of the Dodgers. He is such a believer in the third time through the order thing. Look, I think the third time through the order thing is a bunch of malarkey. I know that analytics say one thing, 
and you're supposed to say another, and I, I got to tell you, I don't think you pull a starter when he's throwing it well. Yes, Urias gave up a homer, but then he strikes out Mike Zunino, and he strikes out Kevin Kiermeyer. That was the ninth strikeout of the game when he struck out Kiermeyer. Four and two-thirds innings, strikes out Kiermeyer. It's a one-run ball game, and what does he do? He pulls Urias with 79 pitches after four and two-thirds innings. Why? Because the next batter up was Yandy Diaz, who was going to be having his third at bat. When a guy's throwing well, a guy's throwing well. And I just I don't understand the concept of having the urge to pull your starter when he's throwing well just because he's going to be going through his third time through the order. Now, Blake Trinan comes in, and he gets Yandy Diaz to ground out. So it's a 3-2 ball game after five. Top six, Kike Hernandez with an RBI double that scores Will Smith and extends the Dodgers' lead to 4-2. to two. Bottom six, Brandon Lau steps in, Pedro Baez is now on the mound, and Brandon Lau decided that he was going to make some loud contact. Baez brings it, and a high fly ball into left center field, back at the wall, and it's gone! Brandon Lau has put the Rays on top. With a three-run home run the other way, it's 5-4 Tampa Bay here in the sixth. Three-run opposite field home run puts the Rays up 5-4, their first lead of the game. Top seven, though. Aaron Loop comes into the ball game, replacing Diego Castilla. So at this point, it is worth noting, if you follow the Rays and you follow their bullpen, at this point, they've already used Yarbrough, Ryan Thompson, Peter Fairbanks, Diego Castillo. So Aaron Loop comes into the ball game. You got Nick Anderson. You still have John Curtis. You still have a couple other guys that you can use, but those are your high leverage guys. Loop comes in in a left-on-left situation, and Loop gets squeezed. I'm just going to say that, that I thought Loop got squeezed on a couple of calls. But top seven, Corey Seager singles. Then Justin Turner doubles. So second and third, nobody out. Loop gets Max Muncy to strike out of the infield in. They then bring in Nick Anderson. Will Smith then strikes out swinging. That brings up Cody Bellinger. So they intentionally walk Bellinger to face A.J. Pollock. Now, if this was not 2020 and we didn't have the three-batter minimum rule, Kevin Cash could have gone back to the bullpen and gone to Ryan Sheriff to square up with the pinch hitter, Jock Peterson. So Peterson steps in. They have a gigantic shift on for him, and this happens. That is off the glove and into right. Two runs are going to score, and now Bellinger trapped in a rundown, tagged out, but Peterson is delivered off the bench. Lau was playing very deep at second base, and just somehow the ball was able to get through. That's just how these things go sometimes. I put it all on the fact that the Dodgers have just been Phenomenal with good luck, and I heard this stat on the radio, and I'm not sure exactly what the stat is exactly at this point, but the Dodgers in the postseason are hitting 357 with runners in scoring position with two out, and the league average for the year was something around 230. That's per Buster Olney of ESPN. That's a wild number. The Dodgers have been great with two out. But bottom seven, Dave Roberts leaves Pedro Baez out there, and with one out, 
and a lefty Kevin Kiermeyer at the plate, instead of going to a left-hander, he decides to leave Baez in to face Kiermeyer. Bad decision, Mr. Roberts. And a miss to go 0-1. Here's one into right. This one is way out of here, and game four is tied. Kiermeyer touches one off into right. So we're tied at six at that point. I love Dave Roberts. I think he's a great guy. But Dave Roberts has been absolutely incompetent when it has come to managing a bullpen in the playoffs. Why would you leave Pedro Baez out there? He could not throw a strike with any of his breaking pitches. He looked absolutely awful. After Yandy Diaz walks, they bring in a pinch runner, Joey Wendell, and Randy Rosarena grounds into a double play that was only aided because of the shift. Top of the eighth inning now. Nick Anderson still on the hill. Chris Taylor with an RBI double. Kiki Hernandez tries to bunt him over, but he pops up the bunt. Then Mookie Betts grounds out to Willie Adamas. So two out, Corey Seager at the plate, tie ball game, and this is just the Dodgers' luck. Seager, a little flare, shallow left, Dodgers back on top. Another two-out run scoring here in the eighth. And it's 7-6, L.A., and Corey Seager has delivered yet again. Yep, simply put, that's the Dodgers' luck. That's how it goes. It was an inside-out jam shot. Anderson got exactly what he wanted there and couldn't seem to finish off Corey Seager. So, 7-6 ball game in favor of the Dodgers, and we go to the bottom of the ninth now. Kenley Jansen comes into the game. Now, the Dodgers had Bruzdar Gratterall in the game in the bottom of the eighth inning, and Gratterall only faced two batters, a Willie Adamas single and then a Hunter Renfro flyout. So instead of leaving Gratterall out there, he brings in Kenley Jansen, who... When he's been at his best, he's been great. But Jansen pitched the night before in a non-safe situation. So he brings him in. First battery faces pinch hitter Yoshi Tsutsugo. Strikes out. Then Kevin Kiermeyer singles to center field. Joey Wendell lines out to left for the second out. Randy Arozarena is able to work a walk. And that means that Brett Phillips has to come to the plate because Phillips is the casualty of all of the substitutions that Kevin Cash made in the middle innings. So you got two on, two out, Phillips versus Jansen, a 1-2 count, a strikeout, game over, a base hit, a tie, possibly a win. And let's just explain to you, after we play the highlight, what the hell happened. Born in Florida, trying to deliver for Tampa Bay. Jansen, that is into center field. Here comes Kiermaier. Phillips has tied the game. Arose, Arena coming around. Throw home, now he stumbles. But the ball gets away. Tampa Bay wins it. Brett Phillips, game four, hero. They never quit. It's unbelievable. Brett Phillips with the walk-off single, the game winner, Rays over the Dodgers, 8-7. to So here is what I have to say about the final play. And the winning pitcher was John Curtis. He went an inning and a third out of the bullpen for the Rays. Kenley Jansen takes the loss. 
as he gives up two runs, just one earned in two-thirds of an inning because they correctly fixed it in the box score. They did not update it initially, but they fixed it in the box score. They ruled an error on just Chris Taylor on that play, and Joe Buck did not do a good job. Now, we're playing the TV call highlights. I looked through a couple of the radio calls. I just wanted to go with this because it seemed like it was the cleanest. I loved the Rays radio call, but there was part of it that actually cut out, so I didn't use it. So Phillips hits a ball to right center field. Taylor charges in on it, tries to scoop it up to make a throw home on Kiermaier. When he hits the ground, or at least his glove hits the ground, it hits the ball and it scoots to his left, the viewer's right. So Kiermaier's going to score automatically. Rosarena now thinks that he has a chance to score, and he's lightning. He rounds third. Taylor's relay goes to Max Muncy. So Muncy is the cutoff man between the catcher, Will Smith, and Taylor. Now, Rosarena, it's going to be a close play at the plate. But Arozarena stumbles around third and barrel rolls. He trips rounding third base and barrel rolls halfway down the line. So he gets stuck by the time that Muncy has the relay. And Muncy, by the way, is only about 60 or so feet from home plate. So he's actually not that far away. So his relay throw home is going to be a pretty easy play. And if Will Smith catches the ball... Rosarena is going to get in a rundown, and he'll be dead to rights. Except for one thing. Smith is facing Muncy toward the first base side. The ball comes a little bit wide right of Will Smith, but well in the range to where Smith can catch it. Smith, thinking that Rosarena is already there, grabs the ball and looks to swipe tag down on Rosarena. Except what happens is is that when he swipes the glove, the ball ends up whipping out of his mitt and going behind him. So by the time he's looking for it, there's no ball in the glove, realizes the ball is 10 feet behind him, and Rosarain is able to sprint home, slide into the plate, and everybody's able to celebrate a walk-off Rays victory in which Randy Rosarena is just lying dead at home plate and Brett Phillips is just running around the outfield like an airplane. And by the way, Brett Phillips is just an absolute joy to watch play baseball. This is just such a happy dude. I love that guy. Brett Phillips, you are my hero. It was a wild and wacky play, but one thing I have to say about it is Smith needed to realize where Rosarena was. Taylor, he gets charged with an error. Initially, they did not charge an error on Will Smith. The official scorer revised it, and they charged an error on Will Smith, which I believe is the right call. Muncy's throw could have been more toward the third base side of the plate, but it was not his fault because Smith still needs to catch it. You know, you can't assume the out at home plate, so you can't rule an error on the throw from Muncy. One more thing I will say before I go into some of the stats from this ball game: Where was Kenley Jansen? Jansen was up the third baseline in front of the catcher. That wasn't exactly where he was, but that's where I saw him in view. Why Kenley Jansen was not backing up home plate is beyond me. That's basic PFPs. If you're a pitcher, you back up home plate. No questions asked. You back up home plate. 
Jansen wasn't backing up home plate. I'm not necessarily saying that it would have made a difference and that a Rosarena wouldn't have scored, but you've got to back up home plate because there was nobody back there and a Rosarena had free run at the plate as soon as Smith realized that the ball was 10 feet behind him. All right, now to the stats. A couple of box score stats first. Randy Rosarena, three for four with an RBI, a walk, and three runs scored. Kevin Kiermeyer, two for four with a home run, an RBI, and two runs scored. Corey Seager and Justin Turner each go four for five. Three runs scored for Turner, or rather three runs scored for Seager, two runs scored for Turner. Jock Peterson goes two for two with two RBI. Seager had two RBI. Turner had one RBI. Now to some stats. Randy Rosarena has 26 hits in the postseason, which ties him with Pablo Sandoval in 2014 for the most in a single postseason. Sandoval played 17 games in that year's playoffs. Tonight, or rather last night, was Rosarena's 18th. Rosarena now has five three-hit games this postseason, which is the most in a single postseason, which breaks a tie with Jose Altuve, Albert Pujols, Edgar Martinez, and Jay Buhner, who all had four each. So, Julio Urias's 20 swings and misses tonight were the most in a postseason start of fewer than five innings in the pitch-tracking era, which is since 2008. Only two pitchers have had 20-plus through five innings in a longer start. That's Patrick Corbin and Garrett Cole, who both did it in 2019. Corbin had 24. Cole had 23. That stat I gave you on the Dodgers with runners in scoring position, as of last night, 60.6% of the Dodgers' runs this postseason have scored with two outs. That is the highest of any team in postseason history. Corey Seager and Justin Turner each had four hits last night. Fourth time in World Series history that teammates have had four-plus hits in the same game, joining the 1984 Brewers, the 1946 Cardinals, and the 1921 Giants. Those players were, for the Brewers, Paul Molitor and Robin Yount. For the Cardinals, it was four guys each, or three guys each, Eno Slaughter, Whitey Kurowski, and Joe Garagiola. And in 1921, those famous New York Giants of George Burns and Frank Snyder. It was, by the way, the first game in postseason history with at least one run scored in eight consecutive half innings. The previous high was six in the 1947 World Series Game 3 from the second to the fifth innings. That was between the Dodgers and the Yankees. Also, this was the fifth game in World Series history to end on a walk-off involving an error. The last time it happened was Game 3 of the 2013 World Series between the Cardinals and the Red Sox, and the last time it happened before that was World Series Game 6, 1986, which is the Buckner play off of Mookie Wilson. Final stat we're going to give you, The Dodgers had 15 hits last night, which is the second most by a team in a World Series loss. The only team with more, the 1979 Pirates, who in Game 4 lost despite having 17 hits in that game. And one more stat, which is important going into tonight. Teams that win Game 5 in a best-of-seven series with the series tied at 2-2 go on to win the series 69.4% of the time. That's 43 in 62 times. What a game. What an evening. Absolute pandemonium. Just an absolute joy to watch that ball game last night. So we're tied up at two. We got our game one starters going. It'll be Clayton Kershaw for the Dodgers. 
Tyler Glass now for the Rays. And then game six, it'll be Blake Snell for Tampa Bay. For L.A., who the hell knows? Thanks for listening to the Morning Coffee. Have a great day, and we'll catch you tomorrow morning.